All right, welcome to the second episode of Guys Who Do Stuff. Number two. Do all the things. I'm Joe. This is Josh. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're really excited. We're getting our first interview this week. Yes, we are. His name is Nate Anderson from Anderson Painting. Nate and his wife, Megan Anderson, started Anderson Painting in 2006. Yeah, and we got to ask him some fun questions about what it was like starting a company in 2006 to being a place where he has a lot of employees and trucks and growing something and getting there. And he shared a lot of tips and insider tricks with us. Just growing like crazy and so exciting and inspiring to hear what he's doing, what they are doing, what we are doing together to bring you inspiration every day here at Guys Who Do Stuff. We wanted to take time, transition here to talk about the challenge that Josh and I gave ourselves as guys who do stuff. And by the way, if you're listening or just starting listening to our podcast, feel free to jump in with our challenges. And so start now and let us know through the comments on our on our blog. We are guyswhodostuff.com. Go to the episode. Let us know what the guys who do stuff challenge turned out like for, for you. you this week. Josh and I decided this week to kind of put to a test this quote from Abraham Lincoln, very popular quote. If you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend four hours sharpening my ax. So Josh and I woke up before we did any work this week and decided to develop and work on sharpening our ax or our tools of the trade or what makes us good at our jobs. I'm curious, just overall, how'd it go? You know, my ax is sharper and the... And- <laughs> You want to touch it? Here it is. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's right in front of you, Joe. Anyway, so so I, I made a decision to, re, uh, to take my reading books to a whole new level this year and, and just read a book a week. I just have fallen behind in that area. So I decided to, I've got this wide, ultra wide angle lens sitting around and I've been shooting for some local magazines and trying to nail these two page spreads. And I have this ultra wide lens. How do I use an ultra wide lens more effectively? It's very challenging to use an ultra wide lens if you have ever tried it. So I finished a book in four days about ultra wide lens photography. And I think I've, I'm finally getting some ground in that area to to understand how to use it better. And I'm seeing some results. That's awesome. Yeah. So I did a couple things. I, um, I took a course on Skillshare, which is running a special right now, not a sponsor. We don't have any sponsors. This is our second episode, uh, where you can get three months for 99 cents, but I took a course by Simon Sinek Mm. about, uh, the art of presentation. Oh. And it was kind of a fun course to go through. I took a lot of notes and I think that's going to really help me with when I'm talking to clients about what it is I do and communicating my idea quickly and my elevator pitch. And that, that was a lot of fun. And then I also kind of coincidentally, and it was crazy that we ended up talking a little bit about his connection with Donald Miller. But mm-hmm. one of the books I started reading was Story Brand by Donald Miller, which is uh, an amazing book. Did he write Blue Like Jazz? Yeah, he wrote Blue Like Jazz and he wrote uh, Search for God and something about painted deserts. The book that that was most influential to me, because I've read a lot of his books, was A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, which Mm -hmm. was about this idea of him writing a screenplay and working with the people as he wrote this. It's a fantastic book. If you haven't read any Donald Miller stuff, you should check it out. But anyways, StoryBrand has been fantastic, challenging me, getting me to think through a lot of uh, creative ideas. I also took another course on HubSpot, just developing some of my, my skills in kind of more technical areas as well as, uh, you know, I read the book of Genesis, but that was kind of my quiet time. Genesis wrote a book. Yeah. Genesis. It's, it's all about Phil's journey to <laughs> discover that amazing drum fill that comes in. That's a, that, what's that? Can you was, feel it was, coming? I didn't plan oh, on yeah. singing today, but was I will do it. Was chapter one in the beginning? <laughs> yes, that's the one. Oh gosh. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. So do you feel like you got more done? This week because you took time to do that. Not really. I I, I've, I've actually struggled a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find the balance between being a night owl and an early riser. And uh, it's uh, it will it will be I'm a work in progress. Yeah. So my reading is late at night and then I'm up early and I'm listening to podcasts in the morning, which is great, too. I'm taking it in through the ears. Yeah. Oh, God, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Enough. Do not laugh. Hey, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't even jump on it. But you said it's it. your coffee. That's <laughs> the culprit here. All right. Anyway, yeah. So uh, I'm. I'm. I'm growing. It's definitely a no. Uh, a, a, 
it's definitely two steps, one step forward, two steps back, no progression without regression. I'm just reminded that when we do grow, we're stretched and we're challenged. Even, even mentally, you think you're not doing anything, but, but we are, and the results are different, aren't they? I feel the same. I feel like I was kind of wondering if like I would get a lot more done and it would be kind of like this golden principle that we discovered. Like if you do this, then you're going to get X amount more done. I don't know that I got more done, but I definitely have confidence that I learned new stuff and that doing stuff in the future, which I actually think is kind of the point of that quote, right? Like you're investing in making sure you have the right tools so that when you have to do work in the future. That's right. And so it wasn't necessarily like connected to exactly what I had to do that day. Like mm-hmm. I already had my to-do list and everything done, but the idea of, we, we know, everybody knows, we always talk about the well, importance we are, of we being are lifelong in, learners. Yeah. We are in somewhat of a creative uh, field, aren't we? So we are sharpening tools that will be used when called upon. We're yeah. out there seeking the, and building those relationships and the work is being called upon. And, and it's so important to have yeah, it's a like ready. A, like a Rolodex of ideas, just that you got on call for when you need them. Different trees to be cut down. You have an yeah. axe, you have a, you have a hatchet, right? Yeah. You've got to sharpen the hatchet Yeah. and the axe. So I don't think it's probably not the kind of thing that should be limited to a week long exercise. I know for me, it was, it was a bit of a reminder to continue to do stuff like this. And if I learned anything significant, it was probably that I was taking the approach by, by challenging ourselves to do this first. I actually did invest in learning things. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you don't say, or set a time, it probably doesn't need to be first, but if you don't have a plan, mm-hmm. I feel like that was a success. Having a plan, having a plan, then what would often happen is I would do it with the time that was left. Mm-hmm. There's never any time left. Mm-hmm. And if there's time left, mm-hmm. there's other things competing for it that feel like a good investment of your time too. Like I'm going to hang out with my kids. I want to right. have a conversation with my wife. That's right. We go on a date or something. Preach it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so just a bunch of hooligans, hooligans here, guys who do stuff, a bunch of sharp tools. Guys. Who- <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Yeah, man. Challenge you guys do it, do it this week. Find a time, make a plan. It doesn't have to be exactly like ours, but find a time to invest in yourself Make it happen. Maybe not find the time, maybe make the time. Make the time. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. Words are very hmm, powerful. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. An email. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to get back to work. (laughs) Our first guest today, we are welcoming our friend, Nate Anderson of Anderson Painting. Nate is originally from the West Coast and made his way back to the East Coast. Hi, Nate. Welcome to my basement. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Today is also Nate's birthday, he let us know, which is yeah. pretty awesome. It's a great way to spend your birthday. And yeah. don't we have a little something for him? Yeah, we got you a card. We knew it was your birthday. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Awesome. Did a little Facebook stalking. You. you don't have a very big social media presence at all. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks Happy for being birthday. born. Yeah. 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 We appreciate you. Appreciate it. So, uh, Nate, tell us a little about yourself. How did you end up back? Uh, how did you come back east? What what brought you back here, and when when did that happen? No, well, can I just yeah. preface this with <clears throat> Anderson Painting? Nate and yeah. his wife Megan operate this company that's a painting company that has a deep uh, substance substance to it that's uh, inspiring. So uh, he has a story to tell. So. Yes, inspire us, Nate. Inspire us. <laughs> So Megan and I met on a trip to Thailand, our fifth year, between our fourth and fifth year in college. It was a great trip. We were coaching athletes. We were both collegiate track athletes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So What was your event? What did you run? I was a 400 hurdler. Oh, okay. That's a tough one. Yeah. Wow. the beast. Yep. And um, so we met there on that trip, and then I came back, finished my senior year at Western Oregon University. She went to North Carolina State here in town and got a job as a teacher right out of school. So I had a choice, either come over here or stay there and do nothing. Hmm. So I came over here (laughs) and um, it was pretty clear. I got a job over the phone to come over here. So it was pretty clear that I was destined for the East Coast. Yeah. Yep. What was the job um, you got? I was a biology teacher for two years, high school. High school biology teacher, yeah. School was college. that your major in, in college? Biology, yeah. Biology. Yes, it was. How about that? And it was awesome. Did you have dreams to be a biologist? Um, yeah, I enjoyed marine biology. 
And um, so you decided to move inland to North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was fun for a few years. North Carolina is one of the worst paying states. So teaching oh, yeah. didn't work out. So I went back to painting. My youth pastor taught me how to paint when I was a kid. Oh, and nice. So I uh, went back to doing that full time with a few guys. And now we're at, I don't know, 35 guys. Wow. And so it's changed a lot since we started 13 years ago. 13 years. That's crazy. So I got so many questions. First of all, like, oh, okay, so it's your company website says you started in 2006. So you're describing this phase of your life. Um, chasing cars by Snow Patrol is on the radio. The Mentos and Diet Coke experiment just came out. Mm. This is the scene, right? Da Vinci Code, Chuck Norris jokes are popular. Yeah. People love to watch movies on their iPod Nano. <laughs> yeah, dude. And this is when you decide to take a step off the beaten path that everybody else is working for somebody else. You got a probably perfectly good job that you find mm -hmm. rewarding because that's yep. a very noble profession being a high school teacher. Yep. And you decide, you know what? I'm going to paint houses. Like what, what got you to that? Yeah. Um, Cause your website says you and your wife both decided to jump in yeah. together. Yeah, we did. So you went no job, no job, start this company. She had a job for like two more months or something. Yeah. And then um, she quit. So yeah, we started with just two other guys and myself painting for a real estate developer, I guess. Uh -huh. Had a bunch of property in town. So um, we just went around town painting all of his properties. So it was fun, but um, kind of started to get bored with it. So started to slowly grow and um, reach out to new customers, start branching out and bringing on crews yeah, and slowly organically grew. Did you ever, like when you're going to college to be a biology major, did you ever think I'm going to be a small business owner or do you think you were wired that way? I think I was wired that way. I didn't think that that was going to happen. I had no idea that I'd be where I am today then. Um, yeah. So a lot of, a ton of small businesses don't make it. Yeah. Have you thought much about like, cause now here it is. <sighs> 11 no. years later, right? No, more than that. 12, 13 years later. What do you think are some of the factors that made you guys stick and become a successful small business versus what happens to so many people is it ends up being that. Remember that fun season of my life where I tried that for a couple of years and then <laughs> yeah. got a job again? <laughs> yeah. So thinking about failure is not an option. Um, at that time, it was I was going all in. I had um, Grace, our first daughter. So we were um, committed and um, yeah, we just set goals and um, I was able to hit my goals way quicker than I thought. Yeah. The goal, one of my original goals was to be able to paint two houses a week and okay. um, for, you know, a single crew, that's pretty difficult. You can do one a week easy, maybe two small little houses. <laughs> And um, we did 400 projects last year Man. as a company, some of them way bigger than homes, you know, so it, it's pretty crazy. I got to the point where I was doing more than two houses a week and I was blown away. Yeah. It was, in, it was how quickly we got there. And That's then, awesome. Yeah. So. So kind of one of the, one of the parts of the premise of guys who do stuff is, is Josh and I find it really inspiring uh, when business owners or nonprofits, I like to call it like they find a way to like masquerade is what they really want to do. And they're doing what they really want to do through this thing. Mm -hmm. Like I know for me, like I sell this thing, but I'm really passionate about this thing. And you found a way to be successful. I found on your website and your wife talks about it and uh, the idea of you guys hiring refugees. So yeah. in 2017, you guys won the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award yep. for business ethics, mm -hmm. which is pretty amazing. Must feel nice to be recognized, but it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 37 <laughs> counties out of 37 out counties. Out of 37 counties. Amazing. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Medium and so, size business. Um, I don't want you to have to toot your own horn, so I'll toot it for you. That's a big deal. Yeah. And um, I have to imagine it has a lot to do with that story of how you guys, like, just, I want to hear about, like, yeah. why refugees? Like, what, what yeah. got you guys passionate about that? What, um, yeah, we started to, we started hiring refugees about nine years ago. Okay. We um, first got into it. Um, a small group of friends and myself um, sponsored a family coming in, refugee family coming from Asia. Okay. They showed up with their family and each of them had a bag, like a shopping bag. 
What exactly stuff. defines like a refugee family? Like what's the situation that puts them in that category of being a refugee? Mm-hmm. They have been displaced from wherever their country, the country really disowns them essentially, and or they've been displaced by some issue. So war or yeah. dangerous situation in country and they, they flee or find themselves in a refugee camp and then head over here because it's the better thing to do right. or the only option to get out of their issue. So mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. So what, what made you guys want to get involved in the situation? <clears throat> we were just, um, trying to help people. And, um, so again, we started out by sponsoring that family that came over mm-hmm. and, once they came, it was pretty simple. We got them an apartment, furnished it for a few months, and then decided to um, continue helping as much as possible. So we helped them get their kids into school. And in the end, kind of came down to after two or three months of them being here, they need jobs. So Anderson Painting made a decision to start. We made a decision to start hiring these guys and see how it turned out. Yeah. And um, it worked okay. The first experience for the first two guys didn't turn out that great. Um, to be honest, it, it, it wore me out pretty quick and I was pretty discouraged and they ended up leaving. Um, one of them moved and the other one, um, I think relocated as well. And, and so a few years later, about a year later, a lady came to me and she was begging me to re try the refugee thing. She literally begged me to hire this guy. Mm. And I told her no, like multiple times, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> and she was persistent. And so I, I gave the guy a chance in the end. It took a while. And in the end, he still works for me today. He's my longest standing employee. He's eight years with us now. And um, he even left the company a few years ago and came running back like a few months later because <laughs> of what we deliver. So oh, that's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty amazing. So how many... So how many times have you guys been a part of like a refugee? Like how many, how many um, refugees have you guys yeah. interacted with throughout the years? We, if you count the guys we've hired, we've hired over 75 refugees at this point as a company. And we've, you know, been involved in tons of people's lives. Yeah. So it's been pretty amazing helping people. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome seeing, hearing the stories they have is one thing. It's amazing. They'll put you, it brings me to tears about every time I tell the stories yeah. they have, some of them. Man, can you share one with us? Yeah. Like, a- <clears throat> so two years ago, we hired 19 refugees at once. We were growing like So you crazy. went from, I'm not sure I want to hire refugees to, I'll do 19. <laughs> well, it was a, quite a few years in between, but yeah. Um, we did that and uh, every we, we start out just getting to know the guys, bringing them on. There were three boys that were 18 years old and they, their story, um, they started out in Myanmar on this boat and the boat sunk off the coast of Malaysia or somewhere near Malaysia. So it got quite a ways and it had hundreds of people on it mm. and they swam for three days and a lot of people died around them in the water cause they couldn't swim for three days, kids and older people. Mm. And then they got picked up and then for a short period of time, they were put into like slavery for like a few years doing um, something for somebody. And yeah. And then they escaped from that and finally got hooked up at the refugee camp and were able to be brought over. So, wow. Are they related? Are they siblings or? Um, I think that they're from the same village. So they're just really close friends that decided to bail Wow. So they're together here. Yeah. In a, they, new, a new land and their friendship together. grows on and they do. one day they'll look back and yeah. Wow. Yep. They're doing great. One of them, two of them are crew leaders at this point for us. So they've gone from being an apprentice all the way th- up to crew leader. It's pretty amazing. That's an impressive story. Pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So what do you do for fun, Nate? Um, how, how do you decompress? Yeah. We uh, like to get out in the woods with my family of three girls. Mm-hmm. So they like to get out. We go hiking, hanging out with them, going skiing. You have the beard of a man who likes hiking. It's very yeah. prestigious. <laughs> it's an outdoor beard. <laughs> yeah. I like the beard. Um, so yeah, 
the hiking is probably one of my favorite things to do or spending times in the time in the woods with friends and family. So you guys ride pigs, right? You have some pigs you ride? Yeah. yeah. How, how many pigs do you have? We have six pigs. Wait, hold on. Right you can't just be like, you guys <laughs> ride pigs. Let's not talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. You guys ride pigs, right? Hey, 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 hey. Easy, easy. That's uh, my dog in our very professional podcast studio. You say pig and they Jack just- pack. Stop it. Yeah, so riding pigs, like I've heard of that in yeah. Minecraft. My kids play Minecraft. Yeah, and so you can, do mine. Yeah, yeah I love you can, it. Pigs are they can put a saddle on a pig and ride it around. Yeah. But even that's comical. You guys ride pigs in real life. What does yeah. that look like? Yeah, do, you, do you actually ride pigs? I was taking a wild guess there because you have pigs. So my girls ride I, pigs. I, I thought I heard that at some they point. That they was it inspired them. by like Minecraft? They're like, oh, I don't know. You can do it yeah, in the I game, so. but I, I guess do so. it They love life. Minecraft. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're just a brief sort of overview about the, the pigs and how you're using the pigs, yeah. which I think is a really cool use of pigs. And that's yeah. how they're, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we got pigs back in July. And then um, since then, they've been growing like crazy. We we have four acres and they've um, cleared the land for me. Mm. So they come through and just mow everything down and till it all up. Mm-hmm. So really from you know, zero to five feet, they're taking care of everything in the way. So, hmm. yeah. yeah. And, so, and, and then you eat them. And then we eat them in the end. Bacon yeah. is the goal. Yes. <laughs> do your kids find, do you, your kids get attached and name oh, them? Yeah. And then they're like, oh no. Oh yeah. They've. they've Thomas been, was delicious, dad. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're attached. It's going to be interesting come butcher time. Yeah. 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 It's like wood. It warms you three times, right? Thrice. Yeah. When you cut it, when you stack it and when you burn it. Yeah nature that's cool yes sir all right so i got a question um Mm -hmm. i'm just just relaunching my business and 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 i'm i'm struggling with uh like my wife will ask me because she's a very caring loving amazing woman like how'd today go and something about my ego is like i feel like she's checking in on me like Mm -hmm. like you'd feel like i didn't do a good job that's not what she's saying at all but i find Mm -hmm. myself reacting in a way that's like so i've often thought and me and laurie joke like man we could never work together because she's like Mm -hmm. the boss where she works and i the previous job i had i was overseeing a lot of stuff and we've often thought like man that would just be a nightmare if we tried to work together but you and your Mm -hmm. wife started the company together yeah and so you've been working together for a long time. We have. So what have you discovered about working together that has strengthened your marriage? Like what makes it work for you? Um, that's a good question. We have struggled a your lot. Your wife will probably it. listen to this. So yeah. you know, you know, yeah. no pressure. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we struggled definitely. But uh, I, I would say that just uh, making decisions together and... Um, really being on the same page is important. Yeah. So, um, yeah, listening, I have to be listening to her advice. That's really critical. So, yeah, I found that to be true. Like I know when my wife tells me something like 99% she's right. Yeah. (laughs) But for some reason, when it comes to certain things, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to listen to history. Like the history is like, yeah, if Lori tells me something, she's probably right. Yeah. I should probably do that thing. Yeah. Cause she doesn't often just like solicit advice. Like she's, she's coming from a place of wisdom. Uh, Definitely. But at the same time, it can be tough as a guy to be like, I don't know. Or we, we do that thing where we reserve like the worst part of ourselves for our family. Yeah. Like when you're out in public uh, and you're doing like a business meeting, you're so kind and gracious and willing mm-hmm. to give people the benefit of the doubt. But then that familiarness that comes with your family, you're like, what'd you mean by that? Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, so true. <laughs> That's difficult for sure. <laughs> it's good to be aware that. of it so we can become better in that area. Yeah. 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 Do you guys do like, do you guys do like, um, like meetings together? Is that? Um, we used to, it's slowly changing. She is, um, needing more time away from the business. So slowly, but surely we've been, um, tapering back on it. I think, um, it's more intense with the growth goals that I have Yeah, recently. And that's caused some unwanted friction between us. And so the stress has caused us to make some decisions to where she's really only doing the things that she really wants to do in the business at this point. Yeah. 
so you've mentioned goals twice. You mentioned like, that's a big deal. I think it was even mm-hmm. before we started, you were telling us about just having a conversation about how important it is to set goals. Yeah. You mentioned you have some aggressive goals. Like, what are you, mm-hmm. what are you shooting for this year? Year it's, just started. Do you treat yeah. your company goals like year long? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We, we start planning for the upcoming year in November mm-hmm. and, uh, we shoot for the moon most of the time or further this year. We're shooting for 3 million is the company goal to hit. Um, this last year we were just under 2 million. Wow. So it gives you an idea like what the goal is and what we're shooting for. And so just a uh, modest goal of 50% growth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 30 some <laughs> 40%. Yeah. Yep. It, it'll be, we grew, we've grown pretty consistently about 33% a year for almost every single year. Wow. Pretty close to that. So we are going for it again. Man, that's cool. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So how many houses do you need to paint to get there? Oh gosh. There's, uh, there's some calculations like that that go into the planning for sure. Yeah. Um, we have, but you guys don't just do houses anymore. No. You've got a whole other list of projects yeah. that you do. You do That's commercial right. and yeah. all kinds of great stuff. Yeah. We're repainting the visitor center to the battleship down in Wilmington. Oh yeah. Right Good now. Stuff. Yeah. Yep. We got, um, Florence came through and cleared that out. Mm. So, um, we're painting the exterior and the interior and doing a bunch of floor coatings there. And, uh, half the outside has to be painted off a boat. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you get to paint a challenge. Boat. That's pretty cool. Little That's great. Yeah. And there's, um, the amphitheater. What is that stadium that where the big rock stars play in Raleigh? What's that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek. Yeah. We're doing the VIP sections over there. Oh yeah. With oh, the yeah. Pentec coatings. Oh if yeah. Anybody needs garage floor coatings. Give us a call. Oh yeah. We're, um, blowing that up over at the amphitheater. Yeah. It's going to, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Good so, stuff. Yeah. That's very cool. That's exciting to think like just in 2006, when it was an idea to where you are today, you were hoping to close like two houses a month, which would, yeah. or a week, I'm sorry, what was it? Two a week. Two, two a, week, a week, which would have been really aggressive for like yeah. a small crew. Yep. And now like, how many trucks do you guys have? How many? We have like 13 trucks right now. Like 13 yeah. trucks. And you said almost. There's 35 guys. 35 guys. This summer, in order to hit our goals, we'll need to be at 45 guys at least. Yeah. yeah. So man, just. How do you get from, cause I feel like a lot of people, I know me listening might be like, I'm just starting, but I'm the mentality. Like, and I think that's part of the, the guys who do stuff thing. Like if other people can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's like a huge chasm for a lot of people yeah. that are just hustling and, and doing their own thing and trying to figure out what they're good at. Yeah. And then to include other people in the journey, like paid employees, like what was it like hiring your first paid employee? Oh man. My first paid employee was pretty easy because I needed a guy to help me. I thought you were going to say it was my wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was pretty easy. At this point, it's actually more difficult than ever because at this point, the company needs really high dollar employees. So yeah. giving an example, yesterday we hired an estimator and um, biggest ticket ever. So yeah, pretty, um, pretty intense. Yeah. So I imagine as you scale up, like, what have you learned about the hiring process? Like, what's super important to know that you're getting the hiring process correct? The soup. I learned this a few months ago. My, I revamped my hiring process uh-huh. and to bring in more people into the process. So it's not just me. Yeah. Like uh, interviewing someone and hiring them. It's my team. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's really important to get other people's opinions. Some of your team will have a better read on people than you will. And if that's not your strength, you need your team to. Yeah. I was just, I was just listening to a a book that was, um, it was talking about Google's hiring process Mm -hmm. and they learned that you get much better feedback for the first four different people that do it. And they found that if they have four different people at Google follow this process for the way they interview, Mm. that they're 78% accurate of getting the right person in the right seat. And Mm. then the fifth person only grows it by 1%. So they Mm. kind of found that was their sweet spot. So you don't need to just have everybody interview is what they were learning. But so they have a four person interview process. Is that what you're saying? So yeah, they do four different people go through the interview process is what Mm -hmm. this audio book I was listening to yesterday was talking about. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, we have three on our management team. So I've got, that's what I'm trying to get my other yeah. team members to do that. Speaking of audiobooks, how do you, where, where do you draw inspiration from, Nate? Um, I read a lot of books. Yeah. I, I try to, but yeah, the more. So are you, uh, do you like the actual book? Like my daughter no, no, has no, to no. buy the book. 
I'm wow. like an ebook kind of person. Yeah. Just, I've moved too many libraries to not yeah. <laughs> want to buy it on Kindle. Yeah. We, I listen to Audible. Yeah. So do a lot of driving. So I get my reading done. Me too. And that book I was yeah. referencing is one of this month's three books on Audible, not there a sponsor. We don't have sponsors. This is like our second episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Audible is here. good. Heck yeah. Yes. I love Audible. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. I'm, um, reading books gets, um, gets, um, gives you a lot of new ideas yeah. that you can execute and, um, it's super important. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to go back to your, one of your other questions, really the way to think big is to have a cascading planning process. Boom. Yeah. That sounded so official. Hold so on, what's on, a cascading? <laughs> yeah. Hold so on, hold on. Josh has been waiting. Nice. <laughs> it's so high pitched in the microphone. <laughs> Yes. A cascading planning process. What's that like? Yeah, that's just an annual process that you go through that keeps you on track for planning for future long-term, short-term goals. I got you. Yeah. So, so what does yours look like? Do you do a quarterly and then an annual or? We have a monthly plan and the monthly plan breaks down what meetings we need to have at each month to determine, um, you know, our success for the future year and where we are this year. So just um, like I said earlier, starting in November, planning for the next year, and then each month going through and doing your financials and all those meetings you have to have to get your goals met. So, so you said you guys start planning in November. So does your planning process look like here's the big, hairy, audacious goal or whatever yep. you guys call it for the entire year, and then you reverse engineer it and That's break right. it down into bits, and then That's you right. review them monthly? Yeah, we've got a 90-day plan. Yep. And then we break the 90-day d- plan down into you know, our weekly meetings, which breaks, can break it down into, um, to-do lists. Yeah. Getting, getting so how do you done. keep people motivated to uh, remind them about the, cause I think for a lot of people, and I've heard this approach a lot that the reason it's 90 days is that they've discovered for a lot of stuff psychologically, that's how long it holds people's attention before mm-hmm. you need to kind of jumpstart and remind mm-hmm. and refresh. Otherwise, uh, it just gets, I don't know, commonplace, it gets, um, it kind of becomes background noise and then you need that, like that vision refresh, I guess is one way of saying like, just remind people why we're doing what we're doing Mm, and find a way to build that in. Um, So how do you guys do that at Anderson Painting? Well, we keep the vision up front as much as we can. It's difficult actually, probably my number one problem, not keeping the vision in front of everybody as much as I should. So, um, do you find that's like what your entire job is now? Like, is that the most important thing to do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, More and more. That's definitely the case. Yeah. Making sure that everybody knows the goals and is, you know, heading towards the goals, creating behaviors that are going to get those goals taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. In the end. So Uh, at what point did you start to, Cause I, I, I meet with a lot of small business owners lately. And one of the things is I ask them is kind of like future goals. Yeah. And one of the things that comes up often is I need to stop doing this so I can focus on this. Mm. Like for yeah. you, yep, what, yep. at what point was it that you discovered like, this is where I actually add the most value to Anderson painting. So I've got to get this done into somebody else's hands. Who's probably going to do a better job, yeah. but for some reason I've been holding on to it. Did you ever experience anything uh, like yeah. that? I still experience that. (laughs) Somewhere there's an Anderson employee listening to this being like, yeah, that. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Give me that. It's not for you. Yeah. You got to understand what you're best at and go for those things and do those things only and figure out how to get people to come around you and implement the things that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. That's So, so good. Yeah. Visionary implementer role is a really important role to know those roles and find an implementer if you're a visionary and vice versa if you're yeah so you're using you're using the language from a book called eos is that something you guys have gone through um i haven't gone through that myself but um i have a consulting group that delivers a lot of stuff to us yeah kind of in the that's one of the things that impresses me about you the most nate is your um desire and understanding of reaching out to other people, surrounding yourself with people mm-hmm. who know yeah. more, who have more experience. Definitely. That that's, that's inspiring. And I see it as a, um, uh, really working in your life. And mm-hmm. that's, that's inspiring. How do you find yeah. people like that? I think a lot of people like, 
I had some great people in my life mm. that made a big difference. You mentioned like your youth pastor taught yeah. you how to paint. Like yeah. for me, my youth pastor was also a very influential person yeah. in my life that kind of inspired me to to kind of pay it forward in a sense yeah. of being there for people and helping people. And yep. and I think, um, but I hear very commonly, like a lot of people, they love the idea of mentors. Mm. They're happy to give somebody their time if they ask them and say, here's what I've learned. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have mentors. Yeah. Mm. So what you were talking about is like surrounding yourself with counsel and people that are going to pour in. Do you have mentors in your life? And how did, how did those relationships come about? Yeah, I do. I have quite a few. Um, Can I, I have one of your mentors? That would be. <laughs> you have quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Depending on your skills and what you're looking for, they may not be the right mentors. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I seek out counsel and really, I, I think the, going after, um, lifelong learning, you know, continuing to learn and not just become stale somewhere yeah. is super important. And, um, if you want to be a dynamic leader, you have to be changing more than everyone else in your company, I think, which is difficult to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you have to be okay with pushing the envelope and continuing to learn new things and always, creating environments for your team and your staff and your guys right. to continue to learn as well. So creating a culture around learning and not being the know-it-all in something is difficult, but super important if you want to grow an organization and get somewhere. Yeah. All right. So we were talking about mentors and, um, I've recently been reading this book called story brand by Donald Miller. And it was like, he found a way to articulate the thoughts that I had been having about storytelling for so long. Like yeah. I've always been a big fan of storytelling and helping, uh, people understand, tell a better story, right? That's a big mm. point of one of his books called a million miles in a thousand years. Fantastic book about writing a screenplay and learning and working with a guy who was like, man, you're living a pretty boring story. And that really resonated with me. The, the idea of like, if you don't like the story that you're telling with your life, tell a better story. Yeah. And, um, have you read any of Donald Miller stuff or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Blue like jazz. Blue like jazz. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. It's a good book. So, um, we were talking about mentors. Um, what are some other, some mentors that did, were you involved in? How did you come to understand that principle of story? Um, that's a good question. I think, um, one of my mentors actually was Tony, the beat poet from Come on, Blue Light Jazz. From Blue Light Jazz. 100%. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Portland, Oregon. I grew up out there and uh, Tony was um, involved in. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Tony and I were both involved in Campus Crusade. And so um, he mentored me for. Yeah. A year and a half. Or this so. is the guy from like Blue Light Jazz. It was a bunch of short stories. If you haven't read it. He was like the guy that would sit down with Donald and they talk about philosophy over beers and yeah. kind of a quirky dude. Yeah. So you knew him and you got to, that's awesome. Yeah. He was a great guy. Really interesting guy. Like, yeah. Amazing. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an awesome story to think that you were actually connected to that. That's yeah, pretty cool. Incredible, yeah. Yeah. So do you know Donald Miller? Um, I've been in the room with him a few times. Yeah. Yeah. At a Bible study and, um, Matt Mormance's house one time a long time ago. Good friend of ours from church. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, So were you guys involved in the church that Donald Miller and Tony the Beat Poet were at out um, in Seattle? Donald Miller, I think, would say that he visited our church okay. and was involved maybe for a short period of time. Yeah. Tony the Beat Poet. Yeah. So is he was it was he accurately described in the book? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> really interesting guy. I remember having some pretty crazy conversations with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, that's awesome. He could share the gospel with anybody in, in a unique way. It was amazing. So I was always asking him like, how did you do that? Or yeah, what were you, how did you connect with that person? And he would, he would make the gospel come alive to anybody, regardless of their language, cultural background, anything. Wow. So, that is so cool. He could share the gospel using foul language and the message would come, would be amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys hear Josh's click, but he's over there just snapping away at the photos. Pictures. Yes. Making us feel uncomfortable. 
So if you're ever going to start a podcast, just so you know, like we had one picture of our last one, don't do a podcast with a guy who used to be in the movies. Cause like every picture, Josh, like he photographs so well. And I'm like, Dirk <laughs> over in the corner. Right. I told my wife like, Oh yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So this is the question that your wife asked us to ask you yesterday. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, who has been the single most influential person oh, boy. on your life? That is your wife asked you. Yeah. Your wife asked you. Um, your wife asked you. Yeah, my yeah, <laughs> my wife is pretty incredible. Oh, really? That's so that's so surprising. Yes, she all she also. Well, I, I was I was wondering why you are referred to sometimes as the doctor. Yeah, why is this? Why are you called the doctor? <laughs> the doctor, doctor Nate. Doctor Nate. Paging Doctor Nate. Yes, I delivered my third daughter. Was that oh. on purpose or was it like? Yeah, it was. Uh, not on purpose, <laughs> but it was, detail, detail. it was really cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Catching her has been, was amazing. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Touchdown. Yeah. Goal. Definitely touchdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we had Grace, <laughs> our first daughter in the hospital <clears throat> and then, um, we decided to have Ella at home. So I caught her and was there doing everything the midwife would do. And she was right next to me for Ella. Yeah. And, um, Molly came really, really quick and the midwife hadn't made it to the house. So she came about 30 minutes after I had delivered the baby and, um, clipped the umbilical cord and yeah, took care of business while keeping my mother-in-law from fainting because she was, (laughs) she was overwhelmed with me being the doctor at that moment, but it worked out. Did you wear scrubs like painter scrubs? (laughs) Did you you put down a painting like, you know, we put down a drop cloth. Did you? (laughs) Brilliant. It was a pregnancy drop cloth. (laughs) We definitely drop clothed. The prep was done. Man, that's inspiring, Nate. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Pretty intense. So I have to remind Molly that I caught her yeah, occasionally yeah. and she's like, oh yeah, I'm not a know-it-all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So I started my first question for you. I was talking about setting the stage 2006. Go back to that time yeah. in your life. Yeah. Let's say, just to spend reality here, mm-hmm. that uh, Doc from Back to the Future Showed up with a DeLorean. Yes. And he was like, we got to go back. I can't do a good impression, but we got to go back to the future. We got to go back. And there's some situation that arises where you get 60 seconds to talk to Nate in 2006 Hmm. when he's launching Anderson painting with his wife and taking this big adventure. Yeah. 60 seconds to talk to him. What do you tell him? Oh, gosh. Start planning sooner. (laughs) The planning process that I referred to earlier is fairly new to me, but, um, we've been utilizing it and implementing it and it's amazing. So it'll get you to where you want to go quicker. And then, um, coming up with a clear vision and letting everybody know that vision from a Mm -hmm. company standpoint is the sooner, the better. Yeah. That that'll help everybody know and, um, understand the expectations that you have for them and what the goals are. So, yeah. One of the things I find so impressive about small business owners is they get to go from, I have this great idea of how I want to provide for myself and my family and change the world for myself and my family. Mm. And then they start hiring employees and inviting them into that story. Mm. And so I wonder how, what's that like for you to, does it feel like extra weight? Does it feel like an honor? Does it feel like, uh, is it something that keeps you up at night to know that there are now <laughs> families that are depending yeah. on Anderson painting yeah, for their livelihood. Yeah. I'd say, so our number one value is family yeah. as a company. So when they join Anderson painting, they become family to us. And so they're not just our guys or our workers. They're, they're awesome individuals that have names and families and we care for them like we do our family. And, yeah. um, that is, um, pretty important to us. And, uh, it helps drive, drive growth for sure. We, I think the number one reason I like to continue to grow is for their benefit. All of the guys in the company, if we're growing, are able to kind of get to the next level. Yeah. I imagine at a certain point, the goal has to change because it's kind of like you maybe, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but you kind of got to the point where you built some security for your family. Mm -hmm. 
And then you could choose to be like, and we're going to do this forever and stop setting aggressive mm-hmm. goals. But you seem to be wired in such a way where, no, we're going to keep setting yeah. bigger and bigger goals. And that's so right. kind of the driving factor is to grow the family. That's yeah, what it sounds like. That's right. Grow the family for the family's benefit and, um, and the benefit of others. Anderson painting gives a lot of, gives a lot. We give back to the community and, um, we also fund, you know, Sunika, which is an awesome organization. Oh, I know those guys. Yeah. Clean water, right? Clean water projects in Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yeah. It's amazing. Brad organization. Wilser. What's his name? Yeah. Alan Wilson. Alan Brad's Wilser. Brother, Brad's yeah. brother. I know yeah. Brad. Yep. They, um, they work, they do a lot of work together. Brad does videos for him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they do clean water and education in Nicaragua and they also, um, disciple kids in the program. So, um, how do you guys partner with Sunika? We have been down there with the family and got to know and trust their organization. Oh, you took um, your kids? Like you went on like a family trip? Oh yeah. That's pretty cool. It was amazing. We went down to, um, Nicaragua with them and, uh, yeah, we volcano boarded on Cerro Negro. It's pretty amazing down the black vol- ash. Yeah, what is volcano boarding? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, volcano boarding is uh, like a sled, but it's um, you sit down on this on this board and um, you slide down the mountain of ash. So you climb the volcano with the sled on your back. There's no ski lift or sled lift <laughs> they don't have a b- bursting uh tourism no volcano sledding industry <laughs> in nicaragua yet. yeah yeah well, maybe one day yeah you climb up there and um the volcano is like piping hot you can touch the ground and it's like <laughs> amazingly hot wow. steam's coming out of the ground on the top of this thing it's pretty incredible the wind's blowing like crazy and then um they suit you up in a coveralls so that the little pumice rocks don't like destroy your clothes oh yeah um, you put glasses on safety glasses and then um they put well we put two to a sled so myself and one of my daughters jumped on and you go barreling down the mountain after someone else so it's pretty incredible that's awesome so how do you guys partner with sunika like how are you guys involved yeah we give with anderson painting we give financially um quite a bit we do sponsor their golf tournament which is coming up Every year, Anderson Painting sponsors their local golf tournament, so you should get involved in that. If you oh, can. so what's the when's that coming up? Yeah, what's the dates? That's this spring. I don't know the exact dates. Where would people find out more info? Um, yeah. You can go to sunica.org. Sunica, can you spell that? Um, S-U-N-I-C. That's not good. Yeah, we'll put a link. I think up. that's right. Su- and I think N-I-C-A. I think yeah, it's that's like right. your Nicaragua. That's right. So oh, like so Sunica translation. Yeah. I yeah. think I'm that's what it means. Spelling. So. <laughs> So I think it's S-U-N-I-C-A. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yes. we can like put a link up about that. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Share, yeah, we'll Absolutely. share that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, if you like golf, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, man. Find out more info. And and so what's your current involvement still with uh, the refugee program? Are you guys still actively looking to hire more refugees? Is that just an ongoing thing that you guys are doing regularly? Yeah. No, ongoing thing. We partnership. We have partnerships with the refugee relocation so other businesses could do this they could follow your example like they how would could. how would they go about doing that they get in touch with the refugee resettlement organizations and um, build a partnership with them and um, hire refugees yeah i think that's so cool like i currently don't need anything painted but when i heard that that was part of what you guys do it made me want to like try to find something to paint yeah you know yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of that, is there anything in your house that needs painting? In my house. Yep. Yes. Confession time. Oh, man. (laughs) We're behind on the painting. (laughs) My house is uh, usually last on the dock. But uh, yeah. I think that's the case across the board with most people that do something like if you, whatever it is you do, yours is the last thing that you touch. (laughs) Everybody else's is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's difficult to keep up with the. Stuff Elm for sure. Yeah, man. Need to change that for sure. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, man, that's awesome. I yeah. love hearing that's such a cool story to go from nothing in 2006 to today having a target for close to $3 million and mm-hmm. having the amount of guys and people joining your family and the people that you guys get to provide for. Man, mm-hmm. That's so cool. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. If you had to, down. if you had to boil it down to somebody just, just in a similar situation or looking for some motivation to take step 
to go to the next level. Yeah. I think I know what you would say. Cause you said it like a bunch, like you gotta have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe the better question is like, what's the first step to making a plan? What's something people can do today? Cause I think we all know, Oh, I need a long-term plan. Yeah. But what's the first step to get in there? I think, uh, creating a vision for next three months and figuring, you know, figuring out what you think you need to do in the next three months and then yeah. working backwards from there. So 90 day plan would be a good place to start. Yeah. And that shouldn't take crazy long, right? No. It takes time to take time away from the distractions of the busyness of life. Right. And yeah. find that quiet time. Has that been an important part of your oh, yeah. own? Yeah. Yeah. You got to take time. There's definitely time. taking time away, getting that quiet time, making sure you're yeah. thinking right. Run, yeah. run your ideas by your closest friends. What, what, are you a morning person or a night person? Night owl? Um, both. You're both. Yeah. You burn the candle at both uh, ends. Yeah. Okay. He just said, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Where do you find your uh, time that you are the most, most into the vision and most, most productive? Um, probably, um, at this point, probably in the middle of the day, if I can get time away from everything. You like to take weird. a, take a walk or. Um, I just like to be in a quiet space. You know, I heard Einstein thought of the uh, theory of relativity while he was riding his bicycle. Nice. That's awesome. That could be marketing because it was on a t-shirt. That's a funny visual, <laughs> like that hair on a bicycle. Isn't just it? Just pedaling around. And the yeah. tongue, you know, taking it in. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, I don't doubt it. I get my best ideas on my bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. And then That's I process funny. them in the shower. <laughs> and then I deliver them. <laughs> there you go. The three-step plan for success. Yeah. Bicycle, awesome. shower, work. Yeah. <laughs> Do stuff. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Nate, for being here. No problem. Yeah, appreciate we appreciate it. it. Happy it. birthday. Thanks. So like I was saying, I think what you're doing is so cool. I want to, how, how do people connect with Anderson painting? Everybody yeah. needs something painted. So yeah, you can look us up on Facebook. Um, you can jump on our website can um, give us a call. The phone number's on the website, andersonpaintingnc.com. And um, yeah, check yeah. us out. Awesome. You should check Nate out. I'm checking him out right now. He's right here. <laughs> yes. So uh, Josh and I really don't know how to end one of these. Well, we struggled in the first one. We had some taglines, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, they were bad. I settled on get her done. <laughs> and I, I mean, this is just, I say it all the time anyway. What about yeah. you, Nate? Um. Impart your closing wisdom. Any closing? Let's do this. Let's do Let's this. Let's do this. Yeah. And I'll just go with do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is that you're thinking around, oh, I should do something. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> just do the thing. That's right. Yeah. Oh, you, you have a great hats, by the way, and a and logo going. Thanks. Do you sell these? Um, We could sell them. You could sell them. We could sell okay. them. Or you could yes. just become an employee of Anderson Painting. I'm sure. <laughs> it is. Po- do you hire non-refugees? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so don't be discouraged if you're not a refugee. <laughs> yeah. For sure. We love the hats. Thanks, thanks for being here, Nate. Awesome. Happy, yeah, happy thanks so birthday. much for being on and coming to my basement. And no problem. <laughs> it's, it's been a, a lot of fun. Basement. And happy birthday. Oh, I like this place. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah, thanks. man. What you got planned for the rest of your day? Anything cool? Um, just a bunch of work. Yeah. Getting yeah. stuff done. <laughs> getting stuff getting done. Getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for being here. This is Nate Anderson, Anderson Painting. And we're uh, the guys who do stuff. Thanks. Get her done. Ha <laughs> ha